Welcome back. A common topic in social circles today is the idea that humanity is getting better. But does the Bible support this notion? Continuing our look at sanctification, here's George. So again, we're asking, why bother to be good? What is this process of sanctification all about? And we realize, we realize that it is an extraordinary adventure. And then we remember this. There is danger on this planet everywhere. Humans are hurt, wounded, robbed, taken advantage of everywhere. And God looks at this and he thinks, what? Here's what the scripture says. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And Jesus, for his part, said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile a man. So into the midst of this inescapable self-made mess on this world comes the Son of God, the one through whom all things were made, the one whose creation we have been destroying. He comes here not with storm and fire and lightning to destroy us, but with life and forgiveness, to rescue us from ourselves and the mess we've made. And he invites us to join in the rescue effort, and he gives us power. John 3.17 reveals his purpose. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. The message renders the verse this way. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. So we have been rescued, saved. The creator, God, came here in person to rescue us. And if we accept his gift, we are saved forgiven, set free. And then what? Does he simply ask us to live tidy lives and be polite? Hardly. He invites us to join him in the effort. He even offers us inner power and guidance in the person of the Holy Spirit. Talk about playing in the big leagues. This is as big league as it gets. There is training There is struggle, there is exhaustion, and there is rest. And there is more struggle and work and even danger, but lives are at stake. And we have the enormous privilege of joining Jesus in the rescue at his request and under his direction. He doesn't leave us unequipped. In fact, much of sanctification is learning to use the tools and weapons of spiritual warfare, drawing on the power of the Holy Spirit, supernatural power. 
Here's how Paul puts it. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So, this isn't about trying to be good or nice or even behaving well. It is far beyond that. It is life and death and high adventure. This is sanctification. It is part boot camp, part revolution, part suffering, part secret plan, part firefight, part battle zone medicine, part exhilaration. It is the truest kind of love, willing action to bless others, even in the face of danger. And it takes work to be in spiritual fighting trim. Paul says, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Look, there's nothing wrong with being polite or being nice to neighbors or kind to old people. In fact, these are all good things. But at best, they are subsets of subsets of subsets of sanctification, quiet elements of what is essentially high drama, high adventure, on patrol in the war zone against the enemy of all souls, where we are serving the King of Kings who has come to rescue his own. Why bother to be good? Why bother with sanctification? Because Jesus tells us to. And because every other effort in life is tame beyond words. So let's begin to look practically at how this plays out, both in living with believers, the people in your own congregation and your family, Christians that you know, that you live with in the world, and also living with unbelievers. We'll come to that in a little bit. But these are practical things. Let's look first at what it is to live with believers. And this is primarily about other Christians in the local congregation. This will prove very simple. 
I'll tell you what Jesus told us to do, love each other. I'll tell you how well we've done it, we failed. And I'll tell you what we need to do now, love each other. We keep finding other things to do that look busy, important, or holy, but ultimately are a misdirection for our lives and intentions. We avoid the often thankless work of loving each other as Jesus loved us. And after all, romantic love is more fun, and it's easily aided by intoxicants that we consume and endorphins our brains produce when we fall in love. Fighting is more exciting, even when frightening and awful and bloody and is aided by intoxicants we consume and adrenaline and other brain and muscle chemicals our bodies produce, worship is more fulfilling. When we praise God, he dwells in our praises. Our attention is drawn constantly to his beauty and power. We are met and blessed. Music fills us and drives away the cares of the day. Even if the music is bad or the song unsingable, we at least can amuse ourselves with an inner critique of how bad it is. Prayer focuses us on God and on the expressed needs of those we love and care about, and our words are directed to God, and He is the perfect listener. Bible study reveals to us God's heart and counsel for our lives. We read Mark and inwardly digest His Word. Theology captures our imagination or bores us. If it bores us, at least we can think about what to make for dinner. If it captures our imagination, we can strive to understand God and build our understanding into a coherent structure of concepts, doctrines, and sub-doctrines. Even fighting heresy can be fun. It's invigorating, sometimes maddening, and it fires off neurons and adrenaline and much more. It excites us. Unfortunately, these are not the things that make me a Christian. Some of them are important elements in a normal Christian life, but only if the key commandments he gives us are actually lived out in our lives. Here's the point. Being a Christian would be much simpler without having to deal with you, and also without Jesus. He complicates my life even more than you do. Here's what he said. So now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, what does that mean? We'll look into it much more thoroughly next time when we gather together again. Thank you, George. Well, as we've heard, far from narcissistic self-improvement, the process of sanctification is a life-on-the-edge adventure. Closing today's session, we began a look at how the journey plays itself out within the body of Christ. In the next session, we'll continue to look at the simple and yet infinitely complicated task of getting along within the body of Christ. We hope you'll join us for another edition of What We Believe and Why, with Dr. George Byron Koch.